terrified. Oh God, literally, if my sister brought him home, I'd be terrified. <laughs> but he- but- Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back. Great to be talking bears. It's a tough weekend. Obviously, a lot of people are going in at each other. But what we've decided to do is after every single game this year, we are going to be doing five things we learned from whatever game it is and or any kind of main topic that comes around the Chicago Bears. We're going to start with it today. First of all, before we kick off, Noel, how are you getting on? Sorry about that. Problem with the mic. Uh, yeah, look, what, what can you say? It was, a, it was a tough one this weekend, but I mean, you know, when you're a team in transition and, and you're kind of building from the bottom up, you're going to have these nights. But at the end of the day, you know, we still have we still, we still have positives there. You know, it's just, it's, it's kind of hard to look at them after a game like that, but look, we'll go through and we'll, we'll see what we spotted here anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So right then, let's look at the five things. Um, we're going to start with number one. So that is the Bears missed tackles. So the missed tackles were a big problem, something I worried about before and didn't mention too much because it was hard to know whether the when you're analyzing week one with everything that happened in kind of the crazy conditions, if the stats backed up what you're kind of seeing. And you saw a couple of graphs last week where we were looking at it mainly because of the Bears O-line was actually graphed really well and then suddenly you look at the run defense and it was basically last in the nfl in terms of some of these statistics in week one and i had my reservations going into this game because that and that's why when we mentioned the keys last week we said one of the main keys is going to be stopping the run for the green bay packers but that did not happen and so much so that just on aaron jones he broke 13 tackles in that game. That's ridiculous. Like that should not be happening. And it was one of the key things that happened in that particular game. At the end of the day, Jones had 15 carries for 132 yards and one touchdown. Dylan had 18 carries for 61 yards. And the Bears didn't have any answers for it. The Packers were able to do it all game long. I know it kind of broke down a little bit in the second half where the Bears made a couple stops. But it seemed like if the Packers just kept going to it, it wasn't going to make much of a difference. This was one of the biggest things that I think led to the loss of this football game. If the Bears had that run defense that we had maybe two or three years ago where it was really hard to run on this team, I think the Bears would have had a very good chance to win this football game. But unfortunately, it doesn't matter how good your pass rush is 
doesn't matter how good your coverage is. If you can't stop the run, you can't win football games. And that was one of the key areas that I think was really, really important. And basically the key reason why we lost this football game. And we mentioned week one, no, but when you actually look at it over two weeks of the season, they've allowed 379 yards of rushing. Now, that's borderline embarrassing through two weeks of the season. Never mind the opening two weeks where you don't have any injuries along that defensive line where normally you pick up a couple. How worried should Bears fans be about the rush defense? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's concerning and something that they need to address fairly quickly. I mean, look, if this was an exam, they were given the exam during the week and they still come up, couldn't come up with the answers because everyone knew, everyone talked about what the main threat was going to be from the Packers and they were going to rush the ball. We, we talked about how good this kind of two-back system they have there is, two players they have there, how good they are, probably one of the best tandems in the NFL. So you know this going in. So obviously you know it's going to be a hard game, but there was some, as you say, there was just some weak tackling in there. I mean, they were, they were going down the middle into a bunch of players and they were still sailing through. You know, nobody was getting in there. Nobody was wrapping up. I mean, and you don't want to pick on any players because they all contributed to that. But you have to look at someone like Roquan Smith, who obviously values himself highly. And we know the whole contract negotiations. But these are the games where you want a leader like that to step up. And even Roquan didn't have the best of games. So it was it was tough sledding out there for all of them. And it's, it's definitely a concern because when you know that this is going to be the main game plan of the other team, you know this all week going in. So they, they would have worked on that. They would have known who was coming at them. And they still had no answers. And that definitely is a concern. Now, look, we have a defensive-minded head coach. It's all new. You know, we, we, we've talked about the turnover of players. So maybe two, three, four weeks down the line, we will see, you know, his style and his plans kind of get better and the players get better at it. But for now, it's it's definitely the main part of what this defense needs to look at because, as you say, it's, it's borderline embarrassing the, the way they were getting through and the numbers that were being put up. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you only have to look at the picture that we just showed up of all the missed tackles that were out there. And even when I hear the 13, like, if somebody told me there was 20-plus missed tackles, I'd believe you because it was one of the – I don't think I've ever seen a Bears defense – be so inept at one part of the game, especially in the defense that you're expecting to be pretty good. Um, like we've had some terrible defenses where they couldn't stop the run, they couldn't stop the pass, and we just knew the team's going to score every single time they get the ball. But it was one of those where they seemed helpless. Like they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to fix it. And unfortunately, when the Packers have a tandem like they do have, it's really tough because – Normally what you can do is you can try and put a load on one running back and try and stop him or try and make him wear down a little bit. But when you have two guys that are attacking you and doing really well, look, it, it's tough sliding out there. But yeah, look, that's point one. Point two, we'll stick on the other side of things here. Stick with the run. This I know there's been a lot of controversy around how many times they passed the football, all that sort of stuff. You look at the first possession on offense, it was well-balanced. They use the rushing attack and they get in for a score. That then just completely disappeared for the next, what, two and a half quarters until we hit the fourth quarter and suddenly Getty remembered that David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert exist. 
and that they can actually run. And I thought Montgomery overall in that fourth quarter had a really, really good game and nearly dragged the Bears back into it with some of his runs that, honestly, some of his cuts, some of his jukes, some of the ways that he was breaking tackles. Like, I thought that that was really, really good. And there just wasn't enough of it. Like, if you're not going to get Justin to throw the ball a bunch, you need to stick to the run game. You can't be messing about here like you need to go to where is successful we saw that in the fourth quarter we saw monty get through we even saw khalil herbert get through where he got a bunch of different like longer plays and it was really like we've been asking for for so long the thunder and lightning both of them worked quite well at the very end of the game but you wasted two quarters where you didn't get them involved into the offense like if you don't believe it, or if you think that Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney's not getting involved in this offense and there's something wrong, well then hand it off to the guys that you know that can make plays or scheme something for them to where they can make plays because when you did that in the fourth, they were able to do so. And look, it was it was really, really unfortunate. Um, I'm going to let you kind of talk about this as well now because I know this was, I think this was one of the big reasons why the Bears didn't put up more points because when they did focus on the run game, look, we only got one touchdown, but they essentially got two because we know what happened with Justin Fields. But that was all set up with the run game. And for some reason, I don't know why, they just went away from it for two whole quarters. Yeah, no, I mean, as you say, and it's it's specifically as well, because I know, I think on maybe our third possession, we had a couple of runs, a one and a three yard, maybe something like that were here. But, but actually, they got away from Montgomery completely after that fourth drive. And that for me was now again you can look at the Packers and you have a tandem, but I, you, Montgomery was running so well from the start he should have been the hot hand. You kept going. Herbert could always come in there later on, so they got away completely from Montgomery. They gave Herbert a couple of rushes, and then as you say, other than that, then they were gone from the run. And I think this kind of boils down where we have to have a bit of patience with someone like Getzy because obviously he is a first-time offensive caller, like play caller, and he's going to have to find his rhythm, but they are going to need to, to I think they need to, to concentrate more on Montgomery for the moment, just because he is, now we don't know what will happen to contract at the end of the year, but right now he is our best runner. And when he starts the game hot like that, there is no reason to go away from, him. I think it may be, and he may have got one or two more runs in the first half before they kind of went to him in the second half. And you, you can't do that. I mean, you need to really kind of rely on your bell cow. Who's going to, get those yards for you so i think there's just a bit of tweaking for getsy in in his play calling and maybe getting the right kind of balance between the run and the pass and and the actual the running backs he has there and kind of working out his right kind of system but yeah it, it wasn't when it comes to the run especially with montgomery in the first half it wasn't really great after that first touchdown and it's something that again they have to work on now we can look at the positive and we see in the second half he did go to Montgomery and when it was working he kept with him and maybe that's something learned and going forward it's something they'll kind of continue with but again we'll we'll have to wait till the Texans game next week to see if if that kind of impacts on their the kind of decisions but yeah there's there's definitely questions on, on some of the calling yeah abs- absolutely I completely agree it's it's one of those that I think it's tough if they're trying to force it into Khalil Herbert. Look, Herbert's a good running back, but even if you aren't planning on bringing Montgomery back, you got to use him as much as you can. And 
you want to wear him down, you wear him down this year when you still have him under contract if you aren't planning on doing it. But I don't think that's it. I think they just got a little bit too cute. They, I don't know why they, they went away from it. It made no sense to me. Um, but hopefully, like you said, it's a it's a learning moment both for the players and for the coaches. And with that, we get to point three, which I think is probably the most important that people need to remember, that development needs to take place. This is not a ready-made football team. It's one of the youngest. They've tried to flip this roster to where they made it a lot younger. We have a bunch of guys that are in their first, second, third year, or a bunch of guys that are on one-year deals. And unfortunately, what comes with that is development needs to take place. We've spoken about it with Justin. We've spoken about it with some of the wide receiver options. But also, I've seen people say that guys like Kyler Gordon is a bust. It's week two. He missed a lot of training camp. He's been played in two different positions, both nickel and outside corner. And he just came up against a team that is pretty staunch in terms of the run game. And it's going to be a big learning curve for him here. It's a game like this is something that he is not used to. That when he used to make a mistake at Washington, he was able to correct it and make a play the next, the very next play. He's not used to seeing where he's getting completely picked on. But unfortunately, that's what happens when you're a rookie. There's a reason why guys like Rodgers will go after rookies because they don't have the experience to know what to do in these situations. And unfortunately, it got exposed. It got exposed on Sunday Night Football and Kyler Gordon is one that needs to be developed. But a lot of players on this team do. We talk about even the pass rush, Travis Gibson, Dominique Robinson. Look, you talk about other guys that, and the defensive backfield, Japan Brisker, the offensive line. You've Braxton Jones, who's a rookie. You've a bunch of other guys, even some of the wide receivers that were brought in. They weren't full-time starters in other places, and now they are. So development needs to happen. I think that's going to be the key going forward. But I think that was the key to this game. It shows that this team is not – they're not this ready-made football team where you know where they're going to be. This team, over the course of the season, need to be developed and they need to be developed properly by this coaching staff. No, absolutely. Look, there are going to be a lot of highs and lows that come with, with going in with a roster that's so young. And, and trusting kind of young players. And I hope they continue going and trusting these guys because this is where they get their experience. And specifically Gordon, I mean, look, let's be honest, he's not the first rookie cornerback to have a tough game against a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, cornerback is probably one of the tougher positions for a rookie to come in because they can be isolated and good quarterbacks can pick on them, you know, because they know they're inexperienced and, and they know the tricks of the trade to kind of get at these kids. But look, that's that's going to happen. You know, that's that's anyone who is writing them off after one bad game away to a Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback needs to, to, to sit down and think about it. At the end of the day, these things happen. You say development in general. Of course, it, it's there. We have Braxton Jones, as you say, who has to develop into that line. We have a lot of young guys out there. And we've talked about it before. There has been massive change in, in terms of player rotation in this roster from last season. You know, that, that's a lot. So people who expected it, like, I mean, I know, for example, myself, I've been very positive about how I think the Bears will be this season. And I, I still stand by that. I still think there are good things to come from this team. I think the 
the opposition schedule has enough kind of teams in there that we could be good enough to be. And I'll stand by that. But I still don't overlook the fact that this is a young team that needs to learn. And anyone expecting them in week two away to the Packers to be perfect, you know, needs to kind of reassess that. And again, this is just something we'll see over the next few weeks, kind of as these players get more experience, as they've been working more, as they get more game time out there. You know, it's all well and good in preseason, you know, when they've no pads on or in preseason games where it isn't full speed. This is where they really pick up that experience now. This is where they really find out what it is like to be an NFL player. And it's over these next kind of few weeks and months, we're going to find out if they are at the level that we need them to be at. And because this is a rebuilding season and there are so many players there on one-year contracts, I mean, things could change drastically throughout the year and by next season. So, like, development is going to be ongoing this year. And if people weren't aware of that before, hopefully they are now. And don't get on the players back, especially someone like Gordon, like, don't be getting on the players' backs. He needs to learn, and nights like that will help him learn. And the, the staff will work with him. The coaches they'll show him where he went wrong, what he could have done better. I'm sure you know experienced players there will will just talk to him about things that happened. And that's for all of the rookies and all of the younger players. And yeah, look, there, there's, there's a lot of development to come in this. So people are getting really upset at certain players. Like, give them a chance. This is this they're, they're learning now, you know. So. We'll just have to see how it develops over the next few weeks and months and take it from there. Yeah, look, this team's not going to be the same in week two as it will be in week 17. You're going to see some of these guys gain the experience. I think that's the important thing. And that kind of leads us to number four um, in our in the five things. And that's the passing game struggles. Um, don't really know what to say here because there's a lot of things going wrong here. One is just the sheer lack of pass attempts. I think I read a stat somewhere that the Bears have attempted 28 passes in two games, while every other NFL team has 28 completions over the two games. I don't know if that's game planning. I don't know if that's the way the game is being called, if it's where maybe a pass is being called and then suddenly you have Justin audibling into a run because he sees something or what's going on, but that's that can't continue. They, ha- they have to be more balanced. But again, part of that is got to stay on the field. Got to get first downs. If you don't get first downs, you're going to have less runs. You're going to get less passes because you're not going to be on the field that much. So that's something that needs to change. Um, also, I think there's a couple of things that Justin needs to improve on. He's had He had plenty of time against the Packers when he was dropping back. I think offensive line did their job to for the most part in, in that aspect yes there was some times where he got sacked yet because he holds sometimes he holds on to the ball a little bit too long is it that he doesn't trust his receivers is it that there's receivers not getting open is it that he's not scanning the field fast enough this is something that realistically we're gonna have to see what happens over the next couple of weeks we're gonna see can they improve on this because justin looked fast when you saw him kind of do it in some of the preseason games and albeit it's preseason, but it's still the same system in the way you're going through your reads. And it's still a little bit too slow. Um, and Justin needs to improve on that. And I think he's the first person that will know that. His coaches need to be telling that. But also there needs to be some some design pass plays that make it really easy. Get him outside, get him rolling out, get him, get 
a little bit of fluidity into the game. Like we've said this many times, confidence breeds success. Get this offense a little bit of confidence. Get them a couple of easy first downs to start a game. Don't put them in bad situations to where they're constantly at third and nine, third and 10, third and 15. Because when you do that, it's almost impossible to make up for it. And that means you need a good dose of the run game. You need some simple completions. But also then you need to be taking shots as well. And look, if he throws an interception, he throws an interception. Who cares? Like we've said, it's a development year. Let him make those mistakes now and let him learn from it. Um, so that That's kind of number four in terms of the passing game struggles. And look, I'll let you kind of speak a little bit about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely concerning. I mean, I think it's the lowest amount of passes thrown over two games since 1978, which I think was also the Bears. Um, I, I don't know, is it our, our player is not getting open? As you say, is just, Justin holding it too long? I mean, Mooney and Kameh are just, where are they? Like, I, I think, has Mooney got four yards on the season or, or something like that? I, I don't know. It's, it's There is something not right there. I mean, I need my quarterback thrown more than 11 times in a game. Um, as you say, if you, even if you start off and get him a few easy completions, just a few, you know, short completions just to get him kind of going and, and whatever, but he needs to be passing more than 11 times. Now, I understand there's a balance, you know, depending on how a game is flowing, maybe running more works for that game, maybe pass more, but it has to be more than 11. Now, I know we, I think we maybe only had only 40 or 41 plays in the whole game. That's not enough. You need to stay on the field, but I don't know, Kieran. As you say, I think the O-line held up fine in terms of giving him enough time to, to pick players and, and to make plays. He definitely does hold the ball a bit longer. But then, again, we talk about development, and I don't think any of us are happy with how he was developed last year. So, in a way, this year is like a – it's kind of like a rookie year for him again in that they seem to be changing everything about his game, you know, his footwork. And it's, it's like they've started again with him. So, I know he's been there a year already, but he, he again, needs patience – but the, I think Getsy does need to do a better job, whatever it is, scheming players open or maybe some smaller kind of easier completions just to kind of get the juices flowing for fields. But I, I don't really know. I mean, two games is a small sample size. And again, it'll be important to see how it goes against the Texans and we'll have to see what they do. But it, whatever way you slice it, like it needs to improve because they cannot keep going on like that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think you, you have to look at this and with fair analysis, can Justin improve? Yes, he can. Is it? Are some of the things that people are saying unfair? Yeah, because he's in a new offense, right? And you kind of hope that when you bring in a quarterback that you're not putting them in different offenses every single year. Um. But also, it's a new playbook that does take time. You may know the players, but I think one of the guys in the comments mentioned there's a difference between knowing players and knowing everything in relation to that play by heart, knowing all the protections, knowing exactly where you have to go. And ultimately, I don't think it's just that receivers aren't getting open because sometimes quarterbacks have to throw receivers open. But the thing is, Justin doesn't have a large sample size of some of these receivers, so he needs to be able to trust them. And that's where we're at right now. And there's things that need to happen. And realistically, all that needs to happen this year is that Justin does get developed properly by this coaching staff. They put him in a position to succeed on the field this year. And then when they see if, if they believe that, okay, well, the weapons weren't good enough. 
well then if that's the case you better go out next year you better go get the weapons that are going to be good enough and you are going to surround them with the best in class in terms of quality to help him succeed if that is the case well then that's brilliant and that's what you need to look at this year and that's why i've always said systems put them in place this year and everything will eventually start coming into focus a little bit um well bit by bit so with that we're going to go into the last topic and again luckily we got to miss a bit of this but still um it's time to stick together and this is not the team because the team are together they talk about the way they talk about each other the way they talk with the coaches this is purely the fans the fans need to stick together stop fighting with each other it's weak bloody too <laughs> like it it's week two what did you expect this is not a super bowl winning team this is most likely not a playoff team like calm down right at the end of it i've seen now i've put out tweets just saying i'm not going to be going against justin fields i believe in him as a quarterback i've seen enough from him at the collegiate level and and comparing him to other guys that have made that progress year on year on year He's very early into his NFL career. Like we said, he's only had 12 starts. The amount of people that I've seen saying Kyler Gordon is a bust, it's week two people. The amount of people that are saying Roquan Smith sucks this year. He only is there to try and get some money and he's not doing it and we should trade him. Again, people, it is week two. It is not week 15. It is not week 10, 11 or 12 where you have a big sample size. And at the end of the day, the Bears are one and one. Do you know what the Green Bay Packers are? One and one. Do you know what the Minnesota Vikings are? One and one. Do you know what the Detroit Lions are? One and one. You're not behind anybody right now. Okay, there's things to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. There's things to be concerned about. That doesn't mean that this team is completely broken. And it doesn't mean that you have to go on Twitter trying to blast different fans. You have to try to blast your opinion out to one person or another put out your opinion that's fine everybody has the freedom to do that but don't go i saw people burning jerseys i saw people saying i'm not going to any games guys it's week two like i i just don't i just don't get it like don't care about what other people in terms of the national side are saying they're gonna say they suck because they said they sucked at the start of the season i the one thing i did put out there on the day, I think it was the day of the game, was or the directly after the game, was if you're being honest with yourself, when the schedule came out in May, who had the Bears beating the Packers at Lambeau? I know I didn't. Sure, I didn't pick them to pit, to win the game anyway because I've always said I don't pick the Bears to beat Green Bay until they prove to me they can beat Green Bay. But if you're being honest with yourself, who was picking them to beat the Packers at Lambeau all the way back when the schedule came out? Most people I saw when the schedule came out had this team winning four or five football games. So why are you so surprised that they lost to Green Bay at Lambeau? Because you had them losing that game anyway. But again, like I said, it's one of these things that I think people just need to calm down. It's a long season. There's 17 of these football games. Enjoy them. Because when they're, when they're not there... It's a long seven, eight months until they come back around again. And for me, luckily, luckily for me, I was 
watching the game on my phone in a hotel room at that time because I was away from my birthday. So I didn't get to see all the crazy tweets, which was great. I loved it. It was fantastic. But when I came back home the next day and I looked on Twitter, I think I posted a tweet and I just logged off because I was like, can't do it because there's craziness that was going on. You guys are telling me in the chat some of the things that people were saying. I'm like, doesn't matter. It's week two. In two days, we move on to the Houston Texans because we keep talking about Green Bay in two or three days' time. It doesn't really matter because suddenly if the Bears beat the Houston Texans, everything's rosy again. And that's the way social media works. It's the way Twitter works. It's the way a lot of these kind of pretend analysts want to say it, the guys that will say how amazing a team is one week and then how godly terrible they are the next week. If you are a proper Bears fan, stop fighting with other Bears fans right now. It's time to stick together as a fan base. It's one thing that has annoyed me for the last 12 months and how toxic this fan base has become when they should be trying to stick together. This is a new regime. This is a quarterback that we should all be getting behind that you want to develop. Stop trying to bring him down. Stop trying to mince his words to saying that he doesn't give a crap about the fan base. It's completely... When somebody sent me some of the tweets that came out, I actually just laughed. Because, like, no other fan base does this to their quarterback. Every other fan base wants their quarterback to succeed. Here, it seems like it's the complete opposite, that people will take any little thing and try and twist it to the point of where Justin is going to constantly get asked about things like this when he shouldn't have to. Because he's just being honest in the moment, the raw moment of losing to your rivals. And, look, it's one thing that I felt is really, really important here. Noel, I'm going to let you speak on it before we end the show today. Yeah, look, not a lot more to add what you've said. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. A lot of these people, and it's been mentioned in the chat there by Swift, a lot of these people are moaning, predicted the Bears to win around three to five games anyway. And how many of them would have predicted a win at Lambeau? None of them. So then for them to suddenly be lose, I mean, to be fair, you know, we've played two potential Super Bowl teams and we're one and one. You know, and I, I don't get it. I mean, as you say, it's a new regime. There's, there's new players, there's new coaches, there's new system. Even Justin Fields is learning to play a different way with his footwork. And I, I don't see, we've so many young players. I don't see what the negative is here. Look, don't get me wrong. We'll sit here and we'll, we'll discuss a game and we'll say, yeah, they need to do this better. Yeah, we weren't happy with how they done that. But that's just analyzing a game. But in general, we understand the reasons for that. They're young players. They're new coaches. It's a new system. And I mean, for people to be jumping on so quickly, they have had such a turnover of players as well. As we say, there's a lot of one-year players here who, you know, maybe won't be here next year. We'll have to see how that develops. But these players are all in, playing together, getting used to get to playing together for the first time. And for people to be getting so upset and, and so freaked out after two weeks, I, I'm actually confused by it. It's I understand there are people out there who like to be negative. That's fine. That's your life. Go do it. But I am actually baffled. It's only taken two weeks to really bubble up. Like, that's crazy. What's What were they expecting from the outset? Like, I don't know. And I think these guys just need to, to look. People can do what they want. It's their choice. But I, I think if you're a real fan, at least give the team a chance. Even if it's to prove your negativity right down the road, fine. Maybe they won't be good enough. We don't know. But you, you can't be here in, in week two going the way you're going. What, what's the point? 
you know, and, and this whole thing with Justin Fields and his his press conference and, and people then suddenly jumping on him. I mean, he was upset and maybe he didn't phrase things perfectly, but he's a young kid in a press conference who's upset after losing to his rivals. And he's just telling you how he feels. And for people to seize on that and to try and twist it, I don't believe he, he meant anything negative toward the fans. I think he's just trying to convey how upset the guys are, how much they wanted to win and how much it hurts them to not win. And hopefully that's an emotion that they'll build on and they'll take with them and they'll they'll work to improve. And I think they will improve. But at the end of the day, just give them the chance. If a year from now they've been terrible and they went 1-16 and nobody's improving and everybody's terrible, fine. You can start making that case for them. But at least give them the year to implement their their, their plans, to, to work with their players. For, for the players, as I say, these players are now, a lot of them, only finding out what it's like to be an NFL player. Full speed, NFL, away in Lambo. I mean, look, I don't know. You're, you're right. People need to stick together and people need to calm down and people need to try and enjoy this because the season has only started and already it feels like the end of the Matt Nagy era with some people. That kind of negative, you know, I'm not happy and I just need to, to lose it on Twitter. And as I, I said to you earlier, I didn't even go on Twitter today because like, I, I, I don't need to be reading that for the moment. Look, yeah, we'll I see how it all goes, but I, I, I just don't understand it. Like, yeah, honestly, when I when I listened to the interview for Justin, I had no issues with it, and I wasn't reading Twitter at the time. I had absolutely no issues with it whatsoever. And then I see all these things, and all I can think of is maybe it's people trying to do it to get some likes and retweets. That's that was my first thing because I, I just didn't understand it because it made no sense because. Anybody that's played sport to any sort of decent level realizes that when you lose, you talk about yourself and you talk about the team. You don't care about anything else. That doesn't mean he doesn't care about the fans. It doesn't. It means that he's giving his opinion on the emotion. And honestly, I don't even think that the fan base should be brought into questions on this in the press conferences directly after a game. It's already tough enough when you lose a game and he has to come out every single week and talk about it. Personally, I think that they it should be one person from the team each time and it doesn't need to be two, three, four, five guys all the time. You have one guy that comes out and changes week to week to week. You don't need to hear from Justin every single week. We You can hear from him during the week maybe when things cooled off a little bit. It's like one of the things we always say, don't get too high, don't get too low. Truth is in the middle and that's where it's going to be. And look, that's what we're going to see. We are going to be talking with the Houston Texans very, very soon. We're going to be talking about kind of previewing those, that game. Then we'll be moving on to the Giants and stop. Like I said, people need to stop kind of overthinking about it. And one of the things that I think one of the guys in the comments mentioned was at least this might weed out some of the guys that aren't genuine when it comes to some of their opinions about this football team, where they just want the – quick reaction um, and that's why we wanted to do this show two or so days after because we could actually gather our thoughts properly give a fair analysis of what we saw and some of the key points from it rather than going absolutely crazy because nobody needs that in a world that everything is so negative we don't need that with our favorite football team even if they're not playing well you still need to be balanced and i think that's really really important so yeah, look, it's it's interesting to see how it goes. But look, guys, 
Uh, we will be back tomorrow um, with our preview of the Houston Texans and the Chicago Bears game. Uh, we will have somebody on from the Texans side of things. And we will also be breaking down everything in relation to the Bears. Um, there's a couple nuggets in there that are going to be really interesting tomorrow that we're going to break down as well. So make sure you join us. Make sure that you do like the video. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you follow us on all the social media platforms because there's going to be plenty of content coming. We have lots of plans over the next couple of weeks. So make sure that you do stick with us and look, engage in, in some of these as well. We enjoy seeing the comments. This show, we didn't put too many up on, on the screen, but tomorrow during the preview, we'll be answering all your questions. We'll be putting your comments up on the screen. Make sure that, like I said, like the video, subscribe, and until tomorrow, all we can say is bear down.